Good evening. Uh, my name is Ananya George, and welcome to Office Hours. This is a podcast uh, dedicated to just putting information that I learn on a daily basis into a format that not only I can refer to, but also people looking for specific information could refer to as well. Now, a lot of this is going to be knowledge that I acquired through just trial and error, um, which I think is the best way to just learn anything, period. Um, And it's just going to be random trickling of things. Uh, I am a professional magician. I make illusions. And uh, I'm just an all-around, like, regular old Joe artist. So there's a lot of stuff that I try on a daily basis and there's a lot of stuff that I observe on a daily basis that I thought could be useful to uh, a public audience. Um, Today I want to talk about resource guarding in dogs and uh, soldering irons. Those two two topics couldn't be uh, further apart from each other but uh, well Welcome to my life. So I want to start by talking about shrink tubing um, and soldering irons. So when you're making a circuit, right? Uh, of course, if you're using a breadboard, which is like this little thing that you put on a table and use it to prototype your circuit, uh, when you're using a breadboard, things can be simpler because you're just like plugging things in, plugging things out. But when you solder the circuit together, the circuit is, for all purposes, um, permanent. Like, you can't change stuff around once you're done soldering and shrink tubing it all in. Um, And so, preparation is the key to creating the perfect uh, soldering job or the perfect circuitry job. Now, what I learned today was about shrink tubing. So I was finishing up work on a circuit for a sculpture that I've been working on for a while. And uh, the first circuit I ever tried was for a useless machine that I tried to make in May, uh, early May or mid-April, one of those two time frames. And um, I kind of screwed up on that circuit because I, uh, I kind of put together two wires that didn't belong together and uh, I was afraid to turn the circuit on because I would have uh, short-circuited the whole thing and that's when I learned that preparation is key and uh, you got to keep either a physical note or a mental note of what kind of wire goes with what wire. Now the wires I've been using for my circuitry come in the Arduino starter kit Um, So I've just been stripping them away and soldering them together so that they're color-coded. Now I try to make sure that I follow the color-codedness. So if a wire is black, it connects with another black wire. Um, If a wire is red, it connects with another red wire. And if I don't have enough black or red wires, I pick up some other colored wires and make sure I finish work on that before I move on to another part of the circuit. Now, what I learned about shrink tubing today is that I tried, I had to shrink tube four things at the same time. So essentially what you do is 
when you have your exposed wire, you solder the wire together and then you put shrink tubing on top to protect the solder so that it doesn't break uh, every now and then. So what I did was I remembered, okay, I need to use shrink tubing, which you don't need a heat gun for. You can totally use your soldering iron, just rub it over your shrink tubing a couple times and it'll shrink because uh, the tube's meant to do that on high heat. I haven't tried it with a hair dryer yet. I might soon, but we'll but more on that later. So I, so I tried to solder the two things together and I remembered, okay, before I solder them together, I need to put shrink tube on the circuit so that I don't really have to break the circuit and put the shrink tubing on top. And I did that three times out of four. So three times I was able to do that, no problem. So I put the shrink tube in first, then put the wires together, soldered the wires together, put the shrink tube on top of the solder, and shrunk the tube. But the fourth one was a problem area, and I couldn't do it. I wasn't able to, because I soldered the thing together, and that's when I remembered, holy shit, I forgot to put the shrink tube on top of the solder. So what did I do? Well, I cut the tube long ways down so that it fits into the circuit and I shrunk it down to hold it in place. Now, I don't recommend this as a solution because what I'm going to do is going to hop down to my local hardware store to grab some electrical tape to make sure there are no leaks in the system. But for the most part, it worked. Like I turned the circuit on and it worked and it feels like it is protected. But I want to go the extra step because I want to be a little extra cautious since circuits uh, circuits tend to produce and generate a lot of heat and uh, my sculpture is made out of cardboard. So uh, needless to say, I'm going to go through, go an extra mile to prevent my, my sculpture from burning down. But that's what it is. Remember to put shrink tubing on top of wire. There we go. I hope that's helpful. Now I want to talk about resource guarding in dogs. So my best friend in the whole world, his name is Mr. Winston, and he is a Doberman Pinscher who at the moment of this recording is three years, uh, hold on, I gotta do some math, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. He's right now three years, three months, and 22 days old and uh, he is an absolute delight to have in my life because he gives me hugs even though he doesn't want to uh, and we've now come to an agreement that I require hugs ever so often whether or not he likes it so he just sucks it up gives me a hug and then goes okay let's play now <laughs> I've given you what you want, you give me what I want. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the definition of respect. Anyway, so Winston is an all-out wonderful sweetheart, except for one reason, except for one thing, and that is with other dogs, he does not like them playing with his toys, especially if it is a tennis ball. So if he has a tennis ball and another dog comes close to him, the guy will rip that dog's face off. I've seen it happen. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine 
brought his dog to a park where I just happened to be playing fetch uh, with Winston in. And uh, that dog, even though I told the owner to keep the dog away uh, from the ball because he has a ball problem, uh, the guy tried. Uh, the dog did listen. And, uh, and Winston chipped off a part of that dog's ear, which was terrible. Um, I got in touch with my friend uh, constantly to see if he needs any help, if he needs any antibacterial meds or anything of that sort, uh, just so I could, like... Because I feel bad about the whole situation, right? Like, I haven't worked on resource guarding with Winston uh, in a while now, and it seems that when we last worked on it since then, things have just, like, gotten worse because he's not had enough time to practice it. It's like learning a new skill, right? When you learn how to say, do a coin roll, do a knuckle roll, like take a coin and roll it on your knuckles finger by finger, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And it takes a certain amount of time that you have to continue doing it for it to be part of your permanent memory. Now, Winston hasn't been practicing uh, like sharing toys for a long time because I adopted him when he was just three years, one month old. I've only had him for about seven months. Um, and in those seven months, we've only worked on resource guarding for the first two or so uh, because we could go to the dog park often. And I had, an, I had more and more opportunities to work with him on it, uh, especially since there are balls all around dog parks. So here's what I learned. Here's something that I didn't know earlier. Uh, I, I look at every failed opportunity as just an opportunity to learn. So what would you do different the next time? Now, what I noticed was before Winston attacked, before Winston went after the other dog, he started to growl. He, he lay his teeth out. And he did that twice before he jumped at the dog's ear. Now, my thought process towards training would be as follows. Next time we go to a dog park or if we're playing around with a ball... I will carry treats with me. He loves hot dogs and cheese. So I will carry treats in the form of hot dogs and cheese. And when he gets his teeth bare, uh, mind you, I, I put a 30-foot leash on Winston whenever we're outside, especially playing fetch. Not only because Winston does not want to give me the ball back, but also because, uh, you know, just in case situations like this happen. Uh, so... When he puts his teeth bare, I will hold on to the leash tight so that he doesn't escape and feed him a treat. And if he tends to be a little bit more upset, I'll keep feeding him treats until he feels less upset. Um, that, I think, is the perfect way to do so. I think another place where I fucked up was uh, bringing his ball to the thing. So maybe if the ball wasn't his, things would have turned out different. But uh, again, I don't know, like whenever there are dogs and there are owners, there's always bound to be a ball. And when there's always bound to be a ball, there's always bound to be a Winston being mad that the ball isn't his. Um, and uh, that's the nature of my dog. Uh, I think this sort of behavior was not something that he was born with. I think this behavior was developed while he was in the shelter. Because, I mean, it's totally understandable, right? You have, like, a s fixed s selection of toys. 
but they're not your toys they're just toys so they don't belong to anyone and um, that's completely understandable the only thing i would like to say towards this chapter of dog training towards uh, the whole resource guarding side of dog training since then i've purchased three books um one on how to handle dog fights uh, another on how to start a training regimen for resource guarding and a third on preparing a dog to be a service dog because that's eventually where i want to take winston i want to be able to get him to be a service dog for i genuinely need a service dog um and i think winston's smart enough and calm enough most of the times to uh fulfill that i think half of the reason why he's such a stinky poo is because he doesn't have a job to do and so if i make him a service dog he has a job to do and he'll be fine um what else am i saying right so i've bought those two books on preparing myself to handle the situations a lot more uh constructively and a lot more what do you call it um smartly because that i think is the only way to do it um and finally um i'm not like the the thing that really gets to me right about the professional training dog training circuit is that nobody really knows what they're doing um like the more so i watch these tv shows right i watch uh victoria stillwell uh i think victoria's a queen and uh she she's fucking amazing at what she does um and then i've i like i i don't watch caesar milan as much but every now and then like i think younger caesar was an idiot um i think like he he would end up getting a dog to bite him and assert dominance until the dog backed up that's not the way to do it um you don't ever assert dominance <laughs> with a dog like the way you assert dominance is by like max getting them to sit walking out the door and then having them follow you or like getting them to wait before they eat like that's the way to do it you don't really just stand like oh fuck you dude you know like anyway um so what i've learned is all the people that train dogs so like at humane societies at shelters or or like just behave dog behaviorists a lot of people have access to the same resources that each and every one of us do right so like for example dog behaviorist a um who lives down the street from you is reading the same books that you could read or is reading the same articles that you could read so i think like it's a lot more rewarding to do the research yourself than have someone else do it for you now of course if things get way too out of hand like if you're trying everything you think will work um but it's not then i think it's a good idea to bring a dog behaviorist or a dog psychologist in only because uh they have enough experience which you thoroughly lack um but at that point like it's just a uh, experience versus knowledge thing and i and i don't i don't have a clear answer to which what wins um but what i'm trying to say is we have access to the same resources that every single professional in the world does um and so why why not just try to do it on our own first um like i know my dog better than anyone else in the world 
no person who comes in tomorrow knows my dog better than I do. Um, and so what, what they'll tell me is like general behavior. Like, okay, let me give you an example. So Winston at first never, never, uh, gave me the ball. So he would walk up to me with a ball in his mouth. And even though I taught him to drop it would never actually drop it. Right. And I wanted him to drop it because to me that rubbed me the wrong way. That went, dude, if you trust me, you'd be okay by just giving me the ball. But apparently he didn't do so. So I took him to these dog trainers at the local shelter. And they were like, okay, well, why do you want him to drop the ball? Like, you can just introduce another ball and play with that. And I'm like, okay, just try it. Because I knew... That the second you'd introduce a second ball, Winston would go after both the balls instead of just the one. Because he's smart. (laughs) And they were like, he'll be okay with two balls. And I went, fine, do it. And they did it. And then Winston went after both the balls. And I was like, yeah, I told you so. Come on. Um, And then they they were like, oh, you you should buy this toy. It was like a little thing, a little stick with a rope attached and a little feather-like tail thing. Winston was not interested in that toy. And I was like, well, I'll just make one. Uh, and I'll put a tennis ball at the end because it's not difficult to make. It's just a stick with the string and a thing at the bottom. Uh, I, I still haven't made it yet, but I'm pretty sure if I put a tennis ball at the end, he's going to be really interested in wanting it. Um, and so... So, like, the point that I'm trying to make is I I spent an hour (laughs) with professional dog trainers basically wasting my bloody time because they did not know my dog and they gave me general advice, which does not work with my dog. Um, And so because of that, I think I'm much better off training my dog than professional trainers. And so, and so, like, I would, I would not say that you got to do that yourself like you have to do it i would say that this is the advice that works for my dog like i i tend to well the point that i'm trying to make is never give me a microphone and tell me i can record a solo podcast because if you do that there'll be a lot of tangents and some useful information um and there'll be trains of thought that will just be left and that's why i think is an incentive for you to comment or reach out on Instagram or yeah on Instagram or on YouTube to ask me about uh, where I was going with certain trains of thought and maybe just maybe the episode that comes afterwards would address the trains of thought that I missed in the episode previously okay this has been office hours uh I hope you enjoy this podcast. This is a very experimental thing that I'm doing here. Um, I tend to enjoy this. I think this is very fun. Uh, only because not only am I logging everything that I learn, but I'm also uh, hopefully helping you um, in whatever I log. Okay. This has been Ananya George. May 23rd, 2021.
Okay. Goodbye. Bye.